Hello, and welcome to UCC Radio. I'm your host, Sheena Morris, with... I'm Aaron O'Neill, and this is Two Gays Under on UCC 98.3 FM. And today we're, um, we're going to talk about a pretty heavy topic to start off with, because both of us feel that it's our moral duty as human beings who believe in this cause, and we have a platform to do it, so we might as well speak on it. Um, it is the occupation of Palestine and the genocide and the ethnic cleansing yeah. of the Palestinian people. And um, I'm just going to give you a bit of history and background for those who don't know how the extent of what's been happening. So the British controlled the uh, Palestine from 1922 and then the state of Israel was created after World War II, after um the Holocaust and the atrocities with that. And so it was created by the Western powers to give them a place, like a, a Jewish state. And uh, this led to the Nakba, which is a displacement or, I forget the other word. <laughs> yeah, displacement. Word. Displacement of 1948, which was the forced removal of 750,000 Palestinian people from their homes. Um, there was an Arab-Israeli war which saw the massacre of Palestinian people by Jewish militia. And contrary to the 1947 UN uh, designation, I can't pronounce the word, designation. Designation. Um, that's, sorry, I can't pronounce, I'm really bad at this. Um, so they saw that the partition of Palestine, Arab and Jewish states having a Jerusalem as a corp separatum um, that was to be governed Se- by, yeah, yeah uh, governed by a special international regime. Uh, however, uh, this the resolution was to be considered by the Jewish communi- community in Palestine to be a legal basis for the establishment of Israel, and that was rejected by the Arab community. However, this was succeeded immediately by violence. Yep. Um, Israel ended up occupying the West Bank in Gaza. Uh, the West Bank is what's known as what is said the river, the river Jordan. Um, Hamas was created in 1987 during the first in in Fada, um, an uprising against Israel's occupation of the West Bank and Gaza. However, um, Hamas has not held general elections since 2006 and has been de- designated a terrorist organization by the European Union, the United Kingdom and the United States. Shocker. Um, however, for a lot of people, this might not be seen as a terrorist organization because the no. the meaning of terrorism there is yeah. not one definition yeah um I, can we do a little little sidetrack there yeah um with the whole designation of hamas as like a terrorist organization i mean obviously saying it from the get-go we're both pro-palestinian yes um the the word terrorist kind of it shines, it's definitely used more by media than people when referring to Hamas. Like, uh, we were talking yesterday about how we found out that the word terrorism and terrorist kind of entered a modern political vocabulary um, around the time of the IRA. Yeah. And that's formation, the Troubles in Northern Ireland. It was designated as a terror campaign group by the UK. And then that kind of, you know, raised the question of, well, 
is anyone fighting for freedom going to be just branded as, as a terrorist? terrorist? And you have you have to be able to spot when you're being manipulated yeah. in other ways by language, especially in the media. Exactly, and I, I have more to say about that as well. Um, uh, since so, Israel pulled out of Gaza in two thousand and five, but they still occupied uh, East Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem. However, since 2007, they have maintained a strict control over Gaza and the West Bank and over its air forces and torrential waters and restricted the movement of goods and people in and out of Gaza. Um, they, so yeah, um, so when I was looking at like what international laws that Israel have been broken, breaking and they've been breaking a lot. I think I, I read somewhere it was in the past month. They've broken six, or could be like 60 something. When I was reading, it was like 10 or 11 now. Work. Yeah. Uh, Great. Well, not work. Um, But, so, when I was looking at it, like, it says Hamas have broken these laws. But for Israel, it's like, they may have broken them, which it it goes to show the language being used in Western journalism Uh is absolutely atrocious. And journalists writing articles like the example I have mentioned should absolutely be ashamed of themselves. Journalism is about seeking the truth and not manipulating language to fit one narrative. Mm-hmm. And it just, it goes to show how easy um, it is to manipulate language from one perspective and how to force that perspective onto other people. It's it's more and more obvious. Well, like it's always been obvious media is like a tool for states to you know get their point across get their propaganda across and like it happens every day even i'd even go so far as like you know they it's it's definitely there's also aware there's no like we're all crying out being like oh report fairer blah 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 but you can't like it was i think last week there was a bombing in a hospital and they said oh thousands or hundreds of gazans injured in explosion in ex- yeah but then any time it was a missile from Gaza, it was like bombed, airstrike, missile strike, all this. Yeah. So it's and it's just really important that because there's so much flying about in the media right now because it's, you know, it's very at the forefront of the news. Yeah. It's so important that you're able to recognize these terms and phrases, these like buzzwords and headlines that are skewing a story a certain way it's like another example um it's like oh um like israelis have been killed and then the palestinians have died, died. yeah exactly and it's, they haven't been died they've been murdered the, exactly it's part of the dehumanization which is being championed by israel and the u.s and sadly it's you know quite successful when you see the reaction from a lot of people yeah no exactly um, um but yeah so, for the last consecutive days, the health, the Ministry of Health in Palestine, they haven't been able to have any con- uh, contact or uh, connection with the outside world because of the bombings within the hospitals. So, from the knowledge, the last time that he communicated that there's been 11,600 deaths with 400 of them being children. And it's just really sad to see that not even the, the Palestinians government are able to like connect with the outside world to be able to communicate what's actually happening and we have to rely on the journalists within Gaza who are like threatening their own lives just to be heard they're the ones I would 
trust the most and I think people should there's a good few I don't have I should have written down um, their Instagram handles there's, there's one called Mozatz I, follow, Mozatz, him, I yeah. follow him on Instagram and on Twitter I actually I have a big list that I did not bring with me because I'm silly but I'm going to post it on the Instagram and you can follow all these people because they're absolutely amazing they're and reporting they're heroes. from the ground posting raw footage like straight th- like this is the thing as well with what's going on is it's so painfully obvious that Israel is becoming like a propaganda and becoming what it's always been a propaganda machine but like especially now like recently they found I'm doing quotation marks because you can't see me <laughs> but they <laughs> found um a copy in with English on it by the way of Mein Kampf in a children's living room is what the Israeli government was saying and yeah, the propaganda that they're spilling out is absolutely like, madness like it's, Almost like insulting, like how dumb do you think the rest of the world is? Like, yeah, exactly. There was also another one where there was this. The Hamas manuscript was found. Oh, good lord! It was like stapled paper with confidential written across it it. that was somehow found on a body, perfectly clean and like freshly printed paper. Yeah. Again, these are all just things you have to when you're hearing something, especially from a state body. If you're ever hearing something from a government or from like you know a state having a twitter account i really hate that i can say that in this day and age but twitter like, arab still has me blocked like like the idf has me blocked yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um so it's just really when you see where a post is coming from you have to just be a bit more critical yeah. because this is it's i know i said it about a hundred times but it's so important that you don't let the propaganda dehumanize the Palestinians because like this is oh my god I'm actually like shaking talking about this is like one of just the most atrocious ongoing crimes for almost a century yeah and there's now this whole agenda being pushed that it all started on October 7th and nothing bad has ever happened before that especially by Israel that's what's kind of being pushed forward you know they're retaliating for October 7th what about the last 75 years yeah resistance doesn't happen in a vacuum like people don't get violent for no reason in just a vacuum of opinion a vacuum of nothing like especially the the thing of like civilians um how israel is trying to paint civilians as like oh they're like human shields for hamas so it's okay for us to bomb them they're not or that they're responsible for hamas because they voted them in as you said the last election was 2006 most of the population in gaza are under 18 yeah these people weren't well some of them were alive but these people weren't like old enough politically involved in the election of Hamas like like and that's because you know of Israel's constant attacks that the older population is less yeah and Um, I I want people to know that like Israel bombing Palestine like I I've been watching this since I was 12 years old. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is not new. This is not new. Mm -hmm. This is a thing that's been happening for well over 10 years now. I was learning about it in, like, first year primary school, everything. Like, my family um, would have been quite supportive of Palestine when I was younger as well. Like, it's, it's kind of shocking to me that so many people believe it's new because, like, I always knew it's kind of fades into the background of the the news cycle every now and then as everything does but like there's been consistent reports and attacks and 
like investigations by Amnesty, Human Rights Watch, the UN, all this since like almost every two to three years. Yeah, should for the, the UN, last century. The UN like were back in twenty twenty two, they were condemning stuff that Israel were doing to Palestine. So this is not new. Like this has been happening for a long time, and. Like seventy five percent of primary care clinics are non functioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I think, last night there was a few hospitals that had to close down because of no fuel. There's no water going into Gaza. There's no food. There, there's one point one million people displaced from their homes. Like, what's been happening? And there's no Western power government doing absolutely anything on it. There was a there was a UN or there's an EU meeting on today and they're talking about giving humanities not calling for a ceasefire just getting humanities into palestine when they have like the power aid. to yeah, yeah when they were caught when they have the power to call for a ceasefire and they're not doing it at all like there's no use in financial aid when um there's literally fire raining down from the sky like what are you going to do with what, that money exactly there's no amount of money that can help the palestinians what what is needed is the western powers to do their job as like government for the people and do their jobs when citizens of their own country are asking them to help and they're doing absolutely nothing Mm. have like the protests in london were was absolutely amazing there is oh my god yeah it was five hundred thousand oh it was a million was it it was over it it started off because i remember i was watching it like as it was like happening and early in the day it was like half a million yeah and then by the end of it it was over a million and they'd been marching for like eight hours or something and yeah because it just took that long for the whole crowd to march like the entirety of london bridge um by parliament and stuff was all like crammed full of people it looked class yeah it was absolutely amazing to see it's a thing as well there's such a disconnect now between the people and their politicians um, in how they want to like approach this yeah. and we all know the US especially when it comes to Israel mm. that's, oh, that's, that's, I almost got sick. that's basically <laughs> part of their like yeah. the, the US partly own or partly govern Israel like they yeah they kind of I remember I was reading about it in a book by Noam Chomsky he's a great oh, he's a brilliant. commentator he's actually if you ever have he's time. actually Israeli as well and he yeah he pro-palestinian 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 but um Um, no he's an absolutely amazing author if you want to read him he's really good he's very insightful especially on the israeli-palestine conflict he's also been around for like most of it man's like 80 something yeah yeah um but he was saying i was reading a chapter from a book of his and he was saying that after the war and after israel was set up the u.s kind of didn't pay much attention, rather more keeping an eye on things, but yeah. it was then in 1967 when attacks by Israel on Palestinians and surrounding Arab communities started kind of kicking it up um, that the US began to notice its interest because a militant Israeli state was kind of exactly what the US needed for its presence in the Middle East, in the US, it yeah. seems like it's through, yeah. you know, the great United States empire, imperialism and all that. They love their wars. So it was from 1967, I think that day could be wrong, but that they started getting heavily involved in Israel. And there's a main thing, the US sends so much aid to Israel. Yeah. And within the US constitution, 
it says that any treaties or anything are the supreme, like any treaties they enter internationally or anything are the supreme law of the land in the American constitution. And there's, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, there's some sort of treaty that they're involved in that basically aid can't be sent to people or countries who are actively involved in being investigated for like human rights issues, yeah. uh, for conflicts, um, like aggression in the conflict. Um, and yes, you know, they keep sending military aid to a nuclear arms possessing state. If you have the capacity to have nuclear arms, you shouldn't be getting aid. No. From anyone. From anyone. They don't need And aid. it's an investment because it's a puppet it's a puppet state it's for the US little, in the Middle it's East. It's literally their little side business. Like the, like the governments today, the governments today are all businesses. They actually don't literally. care about people. It's 100% not a coincidence that there's, I think, half, a few hundred billion dollars worth of oil in Gaza. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. And people like, when people point things out like this, people are quick to brush it off because they just don't think like too deeply into the cause of the things but while all these people are suffering and while everyone is out on the streets asking for it to stop and asking for the governments to step in these governments are interested in the money That's and the oil they don't give a shit about these people on the ground who are suffering some of the worst oh my god actually um, but basically it's one you know everything's connected when it comes to the West oh, and the yeah. government. Nothing is by accident. Nothing is by coincidence. Never. It's always history always repeats itself. Yeah. So hopefully the It's the same in the Congo at the moment as well. The, at the yeah, moment the genocide that's also, the genocide of Congo. Uh, you, what what mineral is it? I can't remember. Uh no, there's uh it's mines. Yeah. Uh I don't remember now. Uh, I think it's coal. I'm pretty sure it's coal. But, and there's there's also iron as well. And I'm not as educated on it, so... Like, these people, I was seeing it just the other day, like, there's kids as young as, like, four just being thrown into a mine, people dropping dead left, right, and centre, being brutalised, killed, murdered, all so that they can get minerals for the United States and Silicon Valley and the tech companies. Once again, not a coincidence that a mass displacement and mass murder of a group of people is tied to the West wanting more. Greedy. As always. They're so greedy. But I think I will stop that here. I will just first just about Cork. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So we know there's a huge interest amongst students and people all our age um, in standing up for Palestine. And it does feel, it can feel kind of, hopeless when you're like this far away it's always like oh what can I do but you genuinely can help there's const- there's a march every Saturday at 1pm on the Grand Parade um, there's been three so far and they're still going strong they're getting bigger every week um, show up bring your friends bring your family You be as loud as possible be as visible as possible well like you know what I mean <laughs> and, um, there's Cork Palestine Palestine Solidarity on Instagram. They post a lot about rallies that are going on, protests that are happening. Um, they have loads of useful links and educational resources as well for you to 
peruse. Um, and you know, support local Palestinian businesses. Is cafe. Is cafe. Number one. Absolutely. Lovely, lovely, lovely Beautiful mocha. People. They um, are, oh my God, my heart really goes out to them. They are so kind. And I remember on the day it happened, they had to shut down for a day or two and then they reopened. And I actually don't think I've ever seen it this busy. No, it's, I always walk past and it's very busy. And you can't meet it, miss it. It has the lovely, lovely, huge sign it has the next to it saying greetings from Palestine. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you think you can't do anything, show up. Keep posting stuff, keep retweeting posting. stuff. Keep Email and call your TDs. Yeah. They, they are noticing there's a, there's a big thing at the moment that politicians are surprised mm. especially in the US but even here they're surprised at the absolute outcry which you know when you say it like that that's ridiculous that they're surprised that people are sad people are yeah. dying but you know here we are um, but no one was expecting it I remember this in the states all the internal democrats are panicking because they didn't think that Biden standing by Israel would affect his voting base yeah. Um, and now he's like losing the youth vote. So everything that you do does have an impact. Is, it, it is does working matter. and will eventually... Annoy the absolute... Holds. Holds off your TDs. <laughs> Be emailing them constantly. Don't let them get a minute's rest. Keep calling, keep texting. You know what? Stand outside their office and yell at them if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. My God, when I'm on Tipperary now, Alan, Alan Kelly, your office better be warned. Absolutely. Um, I'm from Simon Coveney, Michael <laughs> McGrath, um, and a few others are all in Caroline, so you know. Gotta get on that now. They're, they're the big hitters as well, so. Right. We're going to go on to our first song there, so uh, it's Female Trouble by Those Darling. Um, for context, we are talking about movies and yeah. Our favourite movies and the Cork Film Festival that is currently on. So we will talk about that after the music.
welcome back to UCC 98.3 FM. This is Did You Know That There's Two Gays Under UCC Radio? And you were just listening to Female Trouble by Those Darlings. So I chose that song. That was my first choice because the Cork Film Festival is on for the next two weeks. Um, and I went to the Triscoll Arts Centre to see a screening of Female Trouble by John Waters with Divine. And oh my God. I actually keep like, when I went to see the movie immediately after, I was like, how am I going to discuss this <laughs> on air? Because all I can, like, it is filth. It's pure, unadulterated filth. I, I'd never seen a John Waters movie in my life, but you know, just from like being alive and being queer, I obviously know who him and Divine are. I know what they're like. They're geek, they're geek, they're geishas. Um, but I would, you definitely have to see it. You would find it. I think you would genuinely wet yourself laughing. Okay, what's it called again? So it's called Female Trouble. And basically okay. it's about the life of this girl, Dawn Davenport. Dawn played Davenport. Played by the wonderful, beautiful, talented, show-stopping divine. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's extremely camp. Um, like for... Like, I hate using the word camp because, like, it can be so much. But, like, there's... It's so bewildering. It's so overwhelming. that it's, like, there's one scene. It's so out of context as well. Like, she's quite violent. She has, like, a life of crime. But, like, there's this one scene where she's, like, putting on this stage show. And she's waving around a gun. And she's just sitting in a cage throwing, like, dead fish on herself. Okay. <laughs> and everyone in the audience is like, yes, work. Um, and then she stands up and goes, who wants to die for art? And someone just goes, me, bang. And she just shoots him dead. Okay, it I need to see this. so funny. The, it was, and I think it was absolutely perfect that we went to see it in Trisco because it's, the cinema screen is in a uh, <laughs> By the way, we have, by the way, we have Callum in the studio that's just listening. As He's like, just being silent, but you can hear him giggling. But Triscoll being a converted church and watching that absolute sin filled film (laughs) was hilarious. Um, I would definitely say to every any movie lovers that the Cork Film Festival is on until the twenty something of November. I should know. We're so good with actually getting research for dates. Yeah, it started on the ninth. The opening gala was poor things. It I was, didn't want to see it that way. I do as well, but we have to go to the golf ball ball. Uh, have to. Ew, government. I'm actually so buzzing. I'm so buzzing. Oh my God, by the way, what? you're wearing a wine-coloured suit, aren't you? Yeah. I'm it's wearing, the only suit I own. <laughs> I'm wearing a wine-coloured thing, so we're going to be matching. <laughs> you know, it's it's the two celebrity hosts. Yeah. We have to. <laughs> um, so definitely check out the Cork Film Festival. They have a great section on guilty pleasures, which is uh, where we went to see Female Trouble. And there's all different... Ooh, actually, new gay movie with Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel, All of Us Strangers, is also in it. I do think that's sold out and may or may not have already been screened, I'm but... Prop, I'm not sure. surprised it's sold out. Let's be yeah. real. No, I'm going to go see that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> Cucumber in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like real. <laughs> right, we'll come on to yeah. the next song there. Wait, uh, yeah. Is this from your movie? Yeah. 
So, Coyote Ugly, it's Can't Fight the Moonlight. I'm going to talk about it afterwards because yeah. I need to reminisce in this song for a wee bit. So, <laughs> enjoy. Welcome back to Did You Know That There's Two Gays Under UCC Radio. Um, that was Can't Fight the Moonlight by Leanne Rims. Um, it's from the movie Coyote Ugly. One of my favourite films. They're all just so hot. 
um, like, are, you've never seen this. Have you even, like, seen no. a picture of them? Oh, the only thing I've heard God. of is the name. Oh, my God. Okay, right, I'll show you a little wee picture so you understand. They're all basically dancing on a barrel night. And they're, like, just... Uh, Basic, that movie oh my god it's Tyra me, Banks Tyra Banks is in this film yeah that's crazy mm. oh my god no it's also really sad I Say. always cry I cry at this movie so much it's so sad anything to do with a dad in a movie makes me ball <laughs> um, hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> not like that I don't know my dad <laughs> um, but no that movie, this movie is so good if you have not watched Coyote Ugly please please what's it like watch about it. it's Spoiler so, free, obviously. So it's also it's a romance. It's also um, it's also like sad, but it's also <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but it's also about this Grim. girl. It's about this girl who wants to be a writer, and she has no confidence to sing by herself. And <laughs> she yep. goes on the spiritual journey to find herself by going to Coyote Uglies and becoming a dancer on a bar. <laughs> spiritual journey. Yeah. And it's so good. And they're all so hot. And can Tyra Banks act? Yeah, do you know what she can? She's just herself kind of in it, so it's great. Real. <laughs> she doesn't have to act. She just has to be herself. What would you say are your top... Th- see, I, I actually hate asking this question because now I'm already thinking of my response and I don't know, but... What would you say are your top three? I'm going to say movies of all time, but it can just be like the ones that are in your top three, like right now. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, <laughs> I want to leave. Can someone take my spot on Guys, the show? I just, I just watched it and it's absolutely fabulous. Like it's actually such a good movie. Um, the one review I got from Sheena on this movie, I haven't seen it yet, was quote unquote, it looks like it was made in one day. <laughs> She was like, no, but in a good way, though. But in a good way, though. (laughs) No, but, like, genuinely, it was made, like, you cannot convince me otherwise that movie was not made in the day because it looks so fun to film. Surely they had such gas crack that it was just done in one day. Okay. Bam, bum, done. And you're you're putting Five Nights at Freddy's on air as your top three movies. Yeah, go on, let's do it. Um, Also going to put in Pitch Perfect in there. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Fair, actually. <laughs> Banger. And Gone Girl. Do you know what? Love that movie. Yes. Oh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Rosamund Pike movie. kind of just like owns me, really. She is so... Mm-mm-mm. Rosamund Pike. She's, she's in a bob. movie. She's in a movie, actually. Um, Barry Keoghan's in. Um, Saltburn. Yeah, oh, I need to I watch that. To see and that. she just goes, I was a lesbian once. <laughs> <laughs> but not any- then she goes, but they're all too wet. And stuff like that and I'm like what is happening I need to see this movie I can't wait I'm gonna go see it like I need um, to see it also Barry Keown he's so slay yeah um, number three Tala. oh you did Tala. number three that was Gone Girl lol yeah um, okay yourself now see I would love to put Gone Girl in there but like I've only seen it once, but it just left that much of an impact that I keep thinking about it to this day. I always think like, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not like, wow, Gone Girl was really good. <laughs> um, I'd girl. say top yeah, movies yeah. would be... I'm going to say Pan's Labyrinth by Never, Guillermo del Toro. I know what I um, It's the one I watched the most when I was younger. Do you know oh, that guy one, yeah. with the eyes in yeah, his hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah um, that movie, like, the only reason it's there is, one, it's amazing, but, like, I haven't watched it recently. It just, I kind of remember every single frame because I watched it when I was, like, 12 or 13. And it's, like, emotionally scaring for 
someone who is young <laughs> like it's just kind of seared into my brain love it highly recommend it but like when you want a good sob but it's not sad for most of it so like you'd be fine but like okay it's, it's like a, it's it. a high like gothic fantasy movie only thing that's a wee bit sad i'm gone i'm balling yeah no this one night. is sad it's based in Have the spanish won- civil war but uh during after world war before or after during world war ii oh. i actually don't know when that happened What's the but it was when spain was like Civil War with the fascists. Oh yeah, that was, it's that was after man. World War Two. <laughs> Thanks, Callum. <laughs> Do you ever watch that movie about your man in the wheelchair, and he uh, Amelia Clark's in it? Um. No. Oh. 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 That, Do you know that one? He's paralyzed and he's in the chair, and she's his caretaker, and they fall in love, and it makes me cry. I cried for four hours after that movie. That sounds so familiar. Um, I'm gonna have to forget it now. But no, when I tell you, lads. I stayed up all night crying after watching them. <laughs> yeah. No, some of them would like... The book was insane as well. It was so good. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. I'm going to throw in Scream in there. Yeah, you're such a Scream girl. Like, it's... I wouldn't even say it's like... No, I will say. It's like probably like the best movie ever, in my opinion. I watched Scream 1 and it was so... Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard is the reason that movie is number one. Yeah, <laughs> for real. That's why I'm Five Nights at Freddy's is number one for me. Actually, you know, it, it's, it's really more Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox, like the, their mothers. Fair. And they carry the whole franchise. Who else is in it? Ro- Ro- Rose O'Donnell. Rose O'Donnell. Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, mm. uh, Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox. Poor Skeet Ulrich. What's her name? Skeet what? Ulrich. Oh yeah, Ulrich? poor him having to be in Riverdale after that. Like, I know. Sad. He still looks great in Riverdale yeah, though. Yeah, to be fair. He kept the I'm a hot serial killer vibe. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Um, and, and then I want to like spice it up because I was going to say another horror movie but like, <laughs> I don't want to be a nerd. Um, let me actually have a look. While we, while you decide on your third, we're going to play Does Your Mother Know from the Mamma Mia movie track. Oh yes. The soundtrack. Yes. So enjoy.
Boom. Welcome back to <laughs> UCC 98.3 FM. This is Did You Know That There's Two Gays Under UCC Radio. I almost said UCC Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel it coming, actually. It almost came That out. was Diz, Does Your Mother Know? Not by ABBA, but by the Mamma Mia cast. Christine Barsky and uh, Philip uh, Michael. <laughs> work, Philip. <laughs> um, Mamma Mia. Oh my good God. Do you know, I'd almost toss that in as my third favourite, but I feel like that's yeah. just one that is a kind it's of a guaranteed favourite for everyone. It's a comfort movie. You stick that on and you feel joy. Like that thing, that thing, that movie <laughs> um, is like a staple in my household. Oh, same. Like anytime uh, they're on holidays, any t- they listen to the Mamma Mia because, you know, they're in the sun. They have to yeah. listen to the Mamma Mia. And you're always in Turkey as well, which is very yeah. close to Greece. And my, yeah, exactly. It might as well be the same thing. Um, <laughs> You know, no political differences there. <laughs> um, I redact my statement. And my my mother and father are um, hardcore ABBA stands. So I was very much raised on a diet of ABBA gold every day driving yeah, to school. Valid. <laughs> so Mamma Mia was kind of just like, I think it was actually made for me and my family and no one else really, actually, oh. sorry. What about me and my mom? Huh? Okay, maybe, but like, whatever. Yeah, me and my maybe Mamma well. Mia 2 for you and your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Mamma Mia 2, though, actually, I watched this video essay on YouTube. Um, it's like, I can't remember the foot. It's like, Mamma Mia 2 is an absurdist masterpiece, something like that. Um, I love how I said okay, the title, me. like, word for word, and then was like, something like that. <laughs> you have to send that to me. I need it to is watch so this. good, because, like, obviously, Mamma Mia is just a fun movie. Like, they're just yeah. gas. Love them. But like when he starts pointing out all the things in Mamma Mia 2 that make it like a surrealist movie or like an absurdist like art piece, quote marks, it is just, you can't unsee them. And it is so funny. It makes the movie like 10 times better. Love them. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Stuff. Right. I'm going to go on to one of my favorite movie songs ever. Oh, it's yeah. the Bella's regional, the sign, eternal flame, and turn around. Woo! Turn the beat around. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sign. And it opened up my eyes I saw the sign I saw the sign 
The sign, uh, eternal flame, and turn around. Let's talk about the. the turn around, turn around. Let's talk about the damage that Pitch Perfect did to an entire generation. To my, to my brain. <laughs> to, to. I'm telling you. I am telling. I put the riff off on and work. Oh. I put. Like, I feel so bad for my customers because there is not one day that goes by where I am not at that computer turning on Pitch Perfect. <sighs> Um, me and my, one of my coworkers were constantly um, having an acapella off with each other. Um, the damage. I'm so upset. Sorry. You know, I was about to laugh, but then I remembered that my first ever concert was Pentatonix. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? I stand by it. They absolutely slap. Uh, they they were so really good, good live. Yeah. But the first concert ever, Pentatonix. <laughs> I actually words. forgot. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I wasn't allowed to play another song. It was the fellas, the Warbuck, not the Warbuckers. Yes, That's in I, I, okay. <laughs> She's going to paint me out to be a Pitch Perfect hater. I love Pitch Perfect. I've seen all of them. Um, they're comfort movies. However, she wanted to put on the men <laughs> who, um, you know... I thought it'd be funny to reenact. Good. I wanted to reenact that one scene where it's like, "This is what's the their name? I can't remember them." The, tre- the, the not the trap. No, I don't know. Treblemakers. The Treblemakers. Because no. I'm like, oh, it's the Warblers, but that's fucking that's Glee. Yeah, that's <laughs> Get or in your. The, I'll even. I've been thinking about Glee this entire time. Yeah. Like, or the Acafellas. I keep thinking it's them. The Acafellas. Oh god. Yeah. No. Uh, Pitch Perfect. Um. So it, there's one scene where it's like, this is a peak of masculinity, and it just goes. Whip it! That's dun, the dun, one dun, she wants to play that dun, one. Dun, dun. You want to see me whip it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I just, I, yeah. Yeah, I love Pitch Perfect. I, did you, what did you think? Did I even see that? Yes, I did. What do you think of the third one? Loved it. Yeah. Amy's dad in it. Oh my God. Amy, Fat Amy, I love Fat Amy. I am, um, I am one with her. That makes sense. Um, when her dad was just rich and they're on a boat and they got kidnapped, it was just and they they sang toxic. <laughs> oh my god! See, now I'm really confused because I can't remember if I've seen the third one or I'll, not. I volunteer as tribute to watch with you. I think surely I have. I used to watch Pitch Perfect <laughs> all the time and Pitch Perfect Two. Pitch Perfect Two, that sound machine. <laughs> no, they ate so hard. They were so. Flashlight. No, that, see, that's where I was. That's where I was initially going when I said, "Let's talk about the damage Pitch Perfect did to a generation." I'm it talking flashlight. about flashlights. We did in primary school. We no. got up. We all got up and sang it to our teacher, like we were like controlled by Pitch Perfect in the worst way possible, and it was great. Oh my god, no! I did watch Pitch Perfect three. Yeah, I'm just done. Yeah, we're going to move on to our next song. 
so it's a uh, perfect day uh, by Legal Blonde. Um, so enjoy. Bye. For someone else. Hello and welcome back to UCC Radio. Um, that was Perfect Day by Hoku from Legally Blonde. I said it wrong before we went to the song. <laughs> yeah. Love, love, love Legally Blonde. Is it, you know, me, um, a man with brown hair? <laughs> um, I credit that movie for me making the mistake of putting law down first on my CEO. <laughs> yeah, valid. Me when I was gonna go, I got like my I got my level seven in Donegal for law. Why didn't I do it? Imagine me. No, I got I. You got law. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, and this is this is like I think that phone call was also a formative moment in our friendship mm. um, because I remember I had 
already accepted my place in Golf Paul. And I met you and went out. And then I got a call three days later being like, you have a spot in law. And I was just like, yeah, but I met these like silly people in Golf Paul. So I'm just like going to stay. And then I kind of regretted staying. But then we did that one law module in second year. And I was like, I'm not Thank Reese God. Witherspoon. I yeah. can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> It's the not worst. For me. Right, we're going to wrap it up here. So, thank you so much, guys, for listening. And follow us on Instagram at Two Gays Under. And enjoy your last song, which is Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Lil Kim, Maya, and Pink. From Moulin Rouge. The meaning of expensive taste You wanna itch it, itch it, yeah, yeah Come on, mocha chocolate What? Real